Welcome to the Zen Collective's Soulful Pep Talks, a conscious coming together of hearts and minds to inspire, uplift, and keep it real with your host, Prudence Proctor. Welcome to Soulful Pep Talks. This is Prue, and I'm here with the beautiful Karina. Uh, I want to say from the family nest, but I'm not even sure if we can identify Karina as part of the family nest anymore. (laughs) Don't worry, her business is still up and running. Um, And the reason for this is that I've really witnessed Karina in 2018 move through such a transformation. Uh, I've had the pleasure of being friends with Karina uh, for the last, gosh, two and a half years. Three years. three years. I've yeah, been here for three, three and a half. This has been here for three, maybe for nearly. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty close to when yeah. you started. So three yeah. years. Okay, I'm glad we sorted that one out. <laughs> <laughs> the world is now okay. Um, and yeah, Karina just had moved to Sydney and was looking for a space to belong. And it was this real sense of where can I land? And it felt like, felt like a perfect metaphor for her business, which is called The Family Nest. And if anything is an invitation, I often feel like sometimes we create the businesses in which we need at the time of our lives in which not only we can offer to someone else, but also at the core of it, we're seeking within ourselves. And I know that for certain of myself with the Zen Collective. And it doesn't mean that when we outgrow that, that it doesn't mean anything to us anymore. It's just that how do we adapt as our businesses adapt, as we as individuals adapt, as we adapt and grow with our friends and our family and our loved ones. And if anything, Karina, I have really seen that in you at a very, um, I want to say on steroids. (laughs) (laughs) Much to your dismay this year and as much as it's felt really uncomfortable. Mm. But what I'd love for you to share with those listening is just a brief background on where you've come from what I guess guided you landing into Sydney with your family and what Sydney has actually represented for you over the last three years and in particular 2018 which I just want to remind everyone it has been a master year and if you're ever going to master oneself and one's karmic lessons this has been the year um what do you what do you have to say about that Karina? <laughs> oh well thank you very much for having me today um yeah, look, it's been an incredible three years, actually. I think um, our move to Sydney was uh, due to my husband's work. So we have lived in three states in Australia with our family and um, we have always just sort of said yes to certain situations. So if, if a job offer or a, a transition has been available for my husband, we've just said yes. Knowing and trusting that it would take us on, you know, a journey, there would be learnings in there, there'd be insights, there'd be things to be gained, lessons, all of that sort of stuff, and that we'd always just be okay, and and we've we've definitely proven that. Mm-hmm. Um, my background is in paediatric nursing, which um, I've been a paediatric nurse for about fifteen years, and gosh, what an imp- what an incredible privilege, you know, to be part of families lives in their darkest hour pretty much Mm. I worked in the burns units in um you know in Brisbane um and you know in in uh uh, recovery so recovering children from their anaesthetics um and also um in emergency you know in bits and pieces on the ward and that's been great because it's allowed me to just find the local hospital and, you know, offer my services when, um, you know, my husband travels a lot with his work. So it's been, it's been really great, but it's just, I think, created such a beautiful foundation for, um, I guess, who I am and also, um, you know, what has become the family nest. You know, I learnt so much um, being with people when they're on their knees, particularly parents um, with their with their babies and their children, it was just an incredible experience and such an honour. Um, so I guess when the time came to to leave my nursing, I, I didn't um, pursue my nursing when we came here to Sydney, and that was because I just felt a, you know, like an agitation um, there in regards to my time has finished here and I wasn't getting my needs met anymore. I think the system was possibly not meeting my needs so I I knew that there was something in that that I wanted to help families but I just wanted to explore what that meant um, and um, I noticed that communication was a massive part of whether families did well 
in hospital mm-hmm. and if they if they didn't both on a personal level within themselves and their little family unit but also within you know the doctors communicating to the nurses and vice versa the multidisciplinary team that we need to be in to you know to be um, that patient's um, yeah healthcare team and I just I just it really sparked my interest as to what makes great communication how do mm. we how do we do this thing and, mm. and thrive? Um, and so I went, went away and studied. So I'm, um, I facilitate an eight-week family communication program, Dr. Thomas Gordon's um, parent effectiveness training, and I'm now a qualified coach and therapist, um, you know, NLP. So um, Sydney has very much been, for me, uh, a learning ground. It's been my classroom. And, um, yeah, I feel definitely like it's uh, been the biggest years of my personal transformation. I made a promise to myself that I wouldn't ask anything of anyone else unless I'd been there first. Mm-hmm. Which is a big commitment to make. It's a big commitment when you declare yeah. <laughs> that you're willing to go to those places so that you can um, be the light for other people to yeah. be able to go there as well. Um, and trust me, when you, you make that declaration to the universe, it will provide. <laughs> oh, it has. Yep. So what would you say in, I guess, the three years of being in Sydney and opening up your, your nest to others? Mm. Um, and also, I guess, within yourself, opening up yourself to yourself. Um, what did you start to see were the biggest barriers between yourself meeting your true self? So those sort of those, those conditioned, um, I guess, qualities that we acquire along the way to protect ourselves, mm. to feel safe. Um, when you choose to go to that, that place of the unknown, you really start to see those qualities that aren't particularly serving you, mm. that have really buffered you in a lot of ways that tire you mm. and really exhaust your vitality. Um, what sort of qualities did you see that weren't serving you over the last sort of your own personal three years? Yeah, I think um, one of the biggest ones was um, I was very much a follower. So I'm good at being told what to do. Mm. And uh, that has served me really well in my, you know, in my, in my past, in my childhood, in my, um, in my career. Mm. Um, And that got old. I noticed that I was really feeling very resentful around, you know, being sort of three steps behind my husband, for example. So all of the moves that we made were, you know, for his career. And mm. being an easygoing chick, I was just kind of like, yeah, no problems. I can do that. I'll just work part-time nursing and I'll look after the kids and I'll hold the fort and whatever while you travel. Um, and it just started to get really old. And mm. I was really feeling like, where, where am I in this? And I, once I started to study, I'm like, geez, I'm actually a nerd. Like, I just want to freaking put my head in the books and just <laughs> go to the library and just learn more and consume more. And, you know, I was really, really enjoying myself. And I found out that I actually didn't know how to have fun mm. anymore. I'd lost all of that because I was following. I never really made many decisions. My husband would just sort of a couple of options out and I'd sort of choose one and you know that we'd sort of go with that kind of thing but I was never really beside him I was never walking beside him in our journey of life together Mm. um we had very distinct roles which which were working um and yeah I guess the biggest thing that's happened this year is that I found my voice Mm. um and that took a lot there was a lot of story around that there was a a massive amount of fear there was a lot of abandonment issues from my past history if I speak up will they leave if I speak up will they not like me if I speak up all of this sort of stuff Mm. you know came up and I think that's probably been the biggest thing because when I have started to I did a lot of work on myself as you know in regards to that and once I've started to find my voice and build the confidence around that that no one is gonna he's not gonna leave me and in fact, it built incredible respect and I am standing right beside him now, you know, mm. and even with my children, the respect that I have within myself, I've, I've held my boundaries, you know, more firmly 
um, with other with, within business. I've made calls. I've had to let clients go because you know, for instance, they're not a perfect match for for the work that I do. Um, or you know, when it comes down to things like a simple payment, if they haven't paid, it's just having mm. the you know the the grace to sort of say. Mm. To acknowledge it. Yeah, yeah, just to acknowledge it and to not really not be, it. yeah. Mm. And I think what I noticed was that I, I had, as, as a lot of people do, very open wounds that were bleeding and they were pussy. You know, if we speak nursing <laughs> They're infected. Talk, they were infected, you know. And, and interestingly, they were affecting my everyday life mm. and they were, they were affecting the people around me because I was bleeding on them, mm. you know, and I was putting pus on them when they came close to me, essentially. Mm. So as I know from nursing, you need to you need to heal those wounds from the inside out, and that's mm. where the work is. Mm. That's where it's ugly, it's messy, it's bloody, it's dark. It's, it's you know sometimes you just got to go there and be there on your own. Mm. Um, however, I I just built a team around me to do that, which is which is where you know where you came in to um, to help me go through and and heal those wounds. Then. I felt more whole. I wasn't affected every day by that because there wasn't salt being thrown into anything mm. anymore. It was just a, a scar there that was, you know, a beautiful scar. I'm not wanting to dismiss or remove any memories. It's just the emotion that was attached and the story that was attached around it. And therefore, I've become, you know, um, I don't know, just more dependable, more, more solid for those around me. Well, there's a level of also to contentment, right? Mm. Like for yourself, what I noticed a lot was um, that sort of external external validation softens, Mm. um, which is obviously the driver behind. Well, gosh, if if I don't do what they what's what they'd like, then they'll leave me or what have you. Like just what you spoke to around the abandonment. But as you strengthen your internal resolve, you really get clear on how you value yourself and so therefore how you can start to communicate those values to others so that they can be on board and also there's a level of um a moment in our healing response because all everything's a healing response where we go hey you know what it's okay for other people to react then they might not like what i have to say but if i say it from a place of truth of understanding of compassion um, from a real place of groundedness and my intent's really clear f- for me mm. and I'm open to hear how they feel about it. Yeah. You, we can't control how someone else receives us in our truth. Yeah. When we come to this sort of awareness and go, hey, this is, I've gone through my whole process. I feel really clean on what I have to say here and this is how I feel. Yeah. Um, so many of us can get to that point and then not actually even speak mm. that. And mm-hmm. then we go around, we suppress it. And then it comes out in other ways and forms. And to get to that point where your internal resolve, and I want to speak to a few other tools that I know that you've worked on because it's holistic. It's not just mind. It's No. Because you did work on your nutrition and, and your body for quite a bit and healing your gut. What What is really, I guess, valid um, and an important thing I'm, I'm emphasising here is I always say, like, when you get to a truth, and understand our truth can change as well, depending on our evolution yeah, and our awareness. So true. But when we get to a point of truth and clarity, and we go, okay, I'm ready to share that with that in which it, who it involves. Yeah, it's no use sort of getting to a truth and going, cool, I'm going to share it with my girlfriend, I'm share it with my my yeah. psychologist, but not share it with my husband, or not yeah. share it with my children, or not share it with my best friend if it's got to do with with her. Yeah, we are a collective. And as you heal, others heal. And in that healing, we need to involve them mm. at, the, at the point in time where it feels most healthy. Yes. Yeah. And I remember, um, you know, when I was starting to get more clear on what it was, what my values were, what I really knew for sure, what was negotiable, what was non-negotiable. I actually said to my husband... I'm just going to share some stuff with you and it's possibly going to come out wobbly and it's going to possibly come out unclear and I'm possibly going to have a shake in my voice and that's because it's difficult for me just mm-hmm. now. I'm, I've got my baby skin on because this is new to me so please I'm asking for your just your respect and your gentleness here in this moment 
you know, and there was such power even in that. And when it did come out wobbly and it did come out shaky or, you know, when I spoke up a month later for something mm. and it came out still a little bit, you know, it was just in that sort of please, it was respect for myself. Please just honour what I'm, what I'm doing here and witness me in this moment and I'm asking for, you know, but even just voicing that. The need. The need. Yeah, how to hold the space for me as I come to, hold, to this place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's not going to come out perfect. And, and, and that's what, you know, a lot of the time happens is that this is so new to all of us. We don't come out knowing how to communicate. Mm. And, but I just know that the, the, the deep work combined with taking action has made the biggest difference in my life. And you're right, the contentment I feel as opposed to the anxiety and the worry what others were thinking and is this right? The people pleaser. Oh, my gosh, it was destroying me. Mm. It was destroying me, mm. you know. And um, and it's we know that on a head level, don't we? We know that we're doing certain things sometimes and even when we bring it to consciousness, it's really not until you dive deep into to this stuff mm. that it changes, yeah. Just wanting to, to touch on the importance of how important was it for you to not just look at those um, emotional triggers, awareness, condition, whatever we want to call it, as one part of the healing process and how much it was you to getting to know your body, your unique body, um, from a nutritional level, from a what is right for you mm. level you know, I know you've worked with healing your gut and understanding, you know, the right foods for you to eat. And also that just stems through then to obviously supporting your family with that as well. Mm. How much of sort of all of those pieces of the puzzle needed to fit for you to feel like this sort of stability and this internal health? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I tried to heal, I guess, my gut and I tried to get onto my nutrition and you know, lose a couple of kilos. Um, and I'd been on that merry-go-round for years. You know, like I would I would sort of be at that point where I would just be exercising and not actually looking after my nutrition. And there was things there. There was, there was wounds. There was open bleeding wounds there, mm. you know, that once I resolved that and I had such deep love and respect for myself that the healing healing of my you know my gut and 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 eating the foods that only nourish me and all of that kind of thing and came came effortlessly but before that it was just incredibly frustrating I knew what I needed to do but there was such an incredible roadblock there Pluru. it was mm-hmm. it's been one of the biggest things that yeah. that has been um that has been there for so many years of my life and it wasn't really, like I said, until I started to really fall in love with myself that I started to kind of go, you know, yeah, putting the, the, the nourishing things in and, and really just take care of myself, you know. Mm-hmm. And like you say, um, really just take my time. I was in a hurry. I was in a big hurry for a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. So to take my time and just kind of go, okay, check in, you know, that you taught me that, to just check into myself and sort of see how that food is moving through my body or when I put that particular substance to my lips, what do I think? What do mm. I really think? Mm. And I think that combined with that, I've always taken responsibility. I've always mm. taken responsibility for showing up to, you know, do whatever it takes to um, to be the best part version of me. Yeah, you, you have already the values of... Um, integrity of word yes so when there's yeah. there's a commitment that you speak or a declaration be sure Karina will follow through with it yeah yeah which is such an admirable um an admirable quality and what's even you couple that quality with now speaking your word from a truthful place of what's right for you yeah. and that's like a win-win yeah. when you have this integral quality it's almost like and then you're just following yep it's a lose-lose. Yeah. Well, it's a win for the person that's leading because they're getting your integrity, but it's not actually aligned because you're sort of like your commitment and your I will I will go down with the ship type of attitude mm. when you're a people pleaser. Yeah. Is just exhaustion, burnout, fatigue, imbalance, anxiety, worry. Oh my and this is you put those that quality of being over responsible mm. with a people pleaser. 
And I tell you what, it is a recipe for disaster. It is, and that's what I was doing. That was my early years with my child, with my with my children. Mm. You know, I had postnatal depression. I was really unwell, just a shadow of my former self, and I was doing exactly that. I was trying to people please. I was trying to do the best thing for my kids. My husband was travelling. We were interstate. I had no family. But because I was capable, you know, I'm mm. incredibly capable. I'm stoic. I'm just pushed through. Mm. And it didn't serve me. It did not serve me. And it wasn't until I kind of went, you know, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. I'm, I'm, I'm more than this. And my needs are as important as yours. And I know that's sort of something that's so cliche at the moment, isn't it? Like mm-hmm. in, in, so, in social media and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, self-care, 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 that, you know, what and are your needs? It's so superficial. And if you can't, if you put no oxygen mask on you first or whatever, like there's just so much, there's just so many layers to that. Yeah. You can't just voice that and say, oh, yeah, I now consciously know that and go and do that. No. There's layers and layers and layers. Do you know what's so interesting? Because I, um, you know, I often have this with my husband and Shane, I'm sure you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> my biggest cheerleader. Um, but I, he's just really, um, he's got this beautiful way of just sort of, being very calm and mm. sort of very sort of holding. And, you know, of course, there's moments of, you know, tiredness and reactiveness. But when there's those moments where we're both in that tired, reactive, both sort of needing space just to meet our own needs, because we both know actually how to meet our own needs. Mm. And that's a really sort of empowered awesome. ability to be. It's like, I know what I need for self-care. I know what I need um, to rejuvenate myself. I know what I need when I'm tired. I know what I need when I'm not feeling 100%. I know all of that, mm. but if you don't have the space to meet them, yeah, because you've got a young child, yeah, that's when you're like, oh, now we're going to play the game of communication, yeah, and how we communicate, and then how we resolve, you know, any heat, yeah, from a communication, yeah, um, and I'm sure you know, you know, we've got a very good idea, but there's also a lot of people out there that don't even have that fundamental first thing of going. Well, I don't even know how to meet my own needs. And this is how we get codependence yeah. with another person, whether it be a best friend or in our, our partnerships or even with our children. It's like, oh, wait a second. I don't even give it. I don't even want to look to that space where I need to see that. Mm. So I'll subconsciously start to draw it out of someone else. Yeah. And it's a very, very, um, it's a big responsibility for the other person to take on oh, it's, it's for someone else's health and well-being. Yeah. Uh, when really first and foremost, and this is where I say where self-care comes, first and foremost, you're responsible to yourself. Yeah. And your job is to know thyself. Absolutely. And, and if you do not know bring... thyself, then go and learn how to know thyself. And there's plenty of ways to do that, yeah. whichever way you want to... <laughs> I can't agree more. To, ...to go down that path. Yep. But it is in the practice of it, not the reading of it. Yeah. So Very it's no true. good reading how to do X, Y, and Z ritual if you're not in the consistent practice of it. Yeah. And I just put up a podcast, uh, not a podcast, we're doing that now, a blog. Um, and that's the one beautiful gift that starting this Ayurvedic course has given me. And I've always had sort of rituals and practices, but they're being very sort of sporadic. They used to be very consistent mm. in, a, in a very sort of probably first on in a very structured, controlled, masculine way. Now they're actually a genuine yeah, intent beautiful. and, you know, connection with what I'm, I'm you know, practicing for myself put a child into the mix that all gets you know blurred up in the first couple of years and then you come out for you get the oxygen mask yeah you come back out and then I just sort of was noticing so we start the program and you've got all you know because she's very much Maya um is very much around going you can read whatever you want it's theory we need to experience it yeah so it's very experiential and there's a lot of um, journaling of experiences, a lot of observances, a lot of reflections. You've got to be very um, aware of the seasons and the nature and the transitions and the moon. And, yeah. and it's all things that I've been aware of, but not consistently. Mm. And this has really brought in a whole like presence to all of that. And the rituals or the sadhana in my everyday living has just slowed everything down as a result. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I tend to it now. It's sort of like, well, no, you tend to that regardless of what's happening, regardless of if yep. you're tired, regardless of if Elijah's having a tantrum, regardless, you will find some space in the day, whether it's one minute or five minutes, stop the story. Yeah. Prue. Yeah. 
beautiful. And I realised that there was, you know, stories around little things and then I just sort of give it a like, oh, well, I'll get out a jail-free card for that one. And yeah. So having that consistency now of these practices, whether it be daily, weekly, seasonally, yep. I commit to a certain priority yep. and then the others are additionals. Anchors you. Yeah. And they and the the difference that I've seen. Wow. The difference that I've seen over the few months of being consistent yep. with it and really honing in on the shifts and changes subtly with my food. Mm. You know, again, just because it's healthy doesn't mean it's healthy for everyone. Yeah, We've all got definitely. different body types, yeah. different um, different constitutions mm-hmm. and different um, time of healing yeah. that needs to take place and different tissues that need healing. And mm-hmm. So coming back to this whole like self-care, knowing what your needs are, unless you don't be in the practice of, you can't actually affirm that that's actually meeting it. Yeah. And once you go in the practice of, you get really clear on how your needs are met first for yourself. And then once you know thyself, you can communicate better with your partner, your child, your mother, whoever it is that you just feel like you're not connecting with. And this is it. We're just all souls wanting to be heard, wanting our needs to be met. Um, We're just bumping around doing that. (laughs) Just headbutting one another. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing that I learned was that you know, that whole expectation. I, I really thought for so many years that my husband should come to me with a silver platter mm. and say to me, here you go, babe, here's your self-care. Like he was going to create the space for you. He was the one that was supposed to create the space for me because I was carrying on like a pork chop and he needed to notice <laughs> that I was doing everything, that I was holding the ship, that I was amazing, that I was, you know, being the mother of the year, being the wife of the year. So then your job is to bring the silver platter with all my needs being met. Yep. And as soon as I took responsibility and cut the crap mm. and went, you know what? It's actually not up to you. It's up to me. Changed everything. Mm. Changed everything. Game so you either live above the line where you're taking responsibility and or you don't. Mm. You know, you're, you're, you're at effect. Yep. Or you're at effect of, of life, of everything. You blame, you name, you shame, you all, all that rubbish. Yep. Yeah. And, and I think that's possibly been... The, the the game changer and that that happened many many years ago and i think that you know there's nowhere to hide mm. once you know that you can't unknow that yeah and um it isn't the responsibility of anyone else but ourselves to take responsibility you know when i had postnatal depression i i said to my gp please just allow me to to create my own team so i created some i had a team with for my body for my soul and my mind mm. And I went and saw them, like you said, consistently until I got well. They were my healthcare team. And, you know, then obviously, you know, different transitions and whatever else. But I I feel like I've gone back to that. I think all of us need a team. Mm. We all, regardless of what we do, whether we're, you know, like my husband cycles a lot. So he's got his team. He's got, you know, a chiropractor and he's got a physio and a massage therapist and all that sort of thing and and a coach. Well, regardless, if we're just if we're just mothers, if we're just you know mm. working mothers, if we're fathers, if we're we just need to bloody look after ourselves. We mm. just need to do what it takes to build our and not team. wait for someone else to give us the permission to do so. Yes, give yourself the permission. I hope you don't mind me touching on this. Yeah. And this is for anyone, anyone who is starting out of this journey of diving deeper into the soul and its truth. And it's really scary because sometimes when you choose to say yes to that because there's no other choice of the fact is if you choose to live a lie, which is the illusion of how how you've sort of – the life that you've created that isn't serving you and you sort of know that there's another way and you go, okay, I'm committing to now that path, there's that – the bridge between, Mm -hmm. and I know, Karina, you had it and I've had it too, is – Actually, I think I wrote a post about this. Like, there is, I've never met anyone in between those two spaces that doesn't feel this sense of isolation, this sense of even though that you've got a family, you've got a partner, you've got to have you, does that mean that you're going to separate? Yeah. What if he doesn't come on board with this? What if yeah. he doesn't live the same alignment as me? What does that look like? Are we going to, is our family going to disintegrate yeah. after this by me making this choice, yeah. by me saying yes to myself and now changing? 
and living more in true to what I am by nature, what does that actually look like? Yeah. And I know for you, you had a real fear mm. of you and Dave sort of separating yeah. in a way of like that you're going to go on two separate paths as your choice of saying yes, but you also knew that you didn't have an option but to say yes. Yeah. And as you say, that just brings tears to my eyes. I've got goosebumps. And it was, it was a real line in the sand um, because I'd always been a follower, because I'd always been a good girl, because I'd always people pleased and done the right thing. <clears throat> this, I had to, yeah, make a decision. And, and it was almost like, I know, it was, it was just entering the new world. It's like that, the hero's journey, isn't it? Where you just have to kind of enter the, the new world regardless of what, what happens. But it was the scariest time of my life. Mm. And when I started to use my voice and say, you know, to my husband at a particular time that my needs just weren't being met, he was traveling all over the place. And he, in that process, I think had lost himself and, um, you know, was in a very negative environment. And I was literally kind of being a solo parent and, you know, we were rocking it. The kids and I were rocking it. It was good. And, and I was like, wow, you know, you're not even considering kind of my needs and you're not even, you know, um, yeah, it was just it was just all very focused on him, um, and I'm not one to kind of create a fuss or you know do a dance to sort of say look at me, what about me? However, the resentment was getting to my throat, and it was just mm. going to come out like fire if I didn't say anything. So uh, I did approach, and it was really scary. My voice was very shaky, and I did think to myself, this is it. This could be it. And, um, you know, this wasn't something that had just been happening over, over weeks. It was happening over months. And um, so I approached and I, I had some coaching before it, actually, so that I could prepare myself um, for it. And um, it didn't go down well. Mm. He was very defensive and it wasn't received. And um, I just felt like... I couldn't leave it there. Mm. I couldn't leave it there. So he went away that week and when he came back, I organised a date. So again, taking responsibility for myself, I organised a lunch date and um, I approached the situation again and I said, my needs aren't getting met. I feel like we're really disconnected. Um, this isn't how I want to live. Again, it wasn't met with anything but resistance. Mm. It was taken um, as though I was... Yeah, just being high needs and um, what was I kind of going on about, you know? Mm. What did I have to whinge about? Mm. So this when it really, this is when it really sort of started to come to a head when I sort of was then thinking, okay, you know what? I'm not prepared to go on like this anymore. And for the first time in our marriage, I started to think of where else I could be. I started to think, how am I going to return home to Melbourne? Where do I want to live? How are my kids? How are we going to do this? I need support. All of that sort of stuff started mm. going through my mind, which had never gone through my mind before. I started to really dislike him. I didn't want to be around him, which had never happened before either. Um, and I knew I needed to finish it. I knew I needed to finish the circle that I'd that I'd opened. So I wrote a letter mm. um, because I didn't feel like you know, possibly I was coming across a bit emotional, I was teary, he was thinking I was just a bloody basket case, hormonal. you know, hormonal, freaking get over your shit. Mm. Um, so I wrote a letter and um, it landed. The Beautiful. letter landed, um, but third time lucky and, um, yeah, I just put everything down. I put everything down. I didn't leave anything out. I said all that I was feeling. I said how much I'd been buffering him. I think that's another thing too is that us women or, or men in relationships sometimes have a lot of this invisible buffering that goes on. So his stress, his travel schedule, his negativity that he was dealing with with work, I was buffering all of that mm. from myself because I'm a highly sensitive person and for my children. And I was exhausted. That's mm. exhausting. Mm. And so I put that in there as well. And I put that I'm important enough to be considered. And it's not okay that you don't ask me how my week was and just babble on about how yours was and how, you know, things weren't amazing. The food wasn't amazing in business class because I don't give a freaking shit right now about 
you know, whether or not you go whether or not in got you know choice of fish or freaking chicken. You know, like <laughs> we had hot dogs in the back of the car on the way to dancing practice. Like freaking yeah. hell, you know. So River. it 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 landed, and ever since then. Um, it's been amazing and our relationship has just deepened and we have become more and more vulnerable with each other. And I think, um, you know, there's been levels of healing that have happened within him because I don't think that he's ever had that opportunity to be vulnerable vulnerable in front of anyone um, to the level that we have. And so it's just created a real strength and an incredible bond and th- that we've never shared before. It's been amazing. But, geez, mm. it was a risk and it was frightening. And I was full of fear and trust mm. at the same time. And mm. that's that junction you speak of. So I, I basically took the responsibility to build the bridge. Third time lucky I did. <laughs> but I know that I know that I taught him something in that. I know that I taught him that he means um, enough for me to come back mm. and do it three times if that's what it took. And I know that he respected and honoured what it took for me to do that. Um, mm. And it's also to, um, I, I guess this is a really beautiful uh, analogy of that we all have a different way of moving through processes as well. Mm. Um, if we are really reactive and really like you could have easily gone well I'm rejected and of course you could have had that like he hasn't heard me I feel rejected Mm -hmm. I'm not feeling heard and sure you might go through that process as a byproduct of that first situation second situation but you still have something inside of you that says but I don't I need to feel complete yeah you know we can it's sort of not about saying having the last say. It's saying I need to feel clean and clear and complete because if I don't and I move on, there's still unfinished business. Yeah. There's still unfinished healing. Yeah. It's like putting a Band-Aid over the wound that's still pussy and weeping. Yeah. And I think that it was all about the readiness and timing as well. I think I'd done most of my healing in that area mm. of, the, you know, that wound of abandonment and all of that sort of thing and and self-care and um self-worth you know i mean more than this yeah and um i think if i hadn't have done that and the wound was pretty much healed um then it would have probably been a different outcome and i would have been very reactive Mm. um really powerful what you said around um in that sort of letter around i'm just as important yeah and I have this exercise that um, I do with some clients within a group when I do sort of group sessions and especially within sort of a family context that's really powerful is to be able to just like hold the space for someone to look them in. I said, look me in the eye and just tell me that I'm just as important as you. Mm. And they're sort of like, I'm just as important as you. And I said, no, 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 I want to hear you say that you're just as important as me. If you need to say it 10 times, that's okay. And, she, like, and you know, I remember this one woman, she had to say it 20, the shakiness in her throat that you speak of. Mm. The, and then the 20th time, and you could feel her whole energy shift. And she's like, I'm just as important as you. Oh. And I just went, yes, you are. Oh and then gave her a massive hug. And she just burst into tears. Yeah. And I said, you remember that every day. Yeah. And don't let anyone else make you feel that you're not as important as they are. Yeah. Whether it be your boss or your mother-in-law mm. or your own mother or your father. or We are all equal. Yep. We're all equal and have just as much to contribute. But we have to go through that process of knowing what that contribution is. Yes. Yep. And through you, your process, you've identified all your contributions that you named. Yep. I've buffered, I've done this, I've done this. They're my yeah. qualities. And I'm a real soft skill chick. Yeah. Like I'm not really, I've never been in the corporate world. I've never done any sort of major business sort of side of things. And so a lot of my, a lot of my contributions or a lot of my gifts are, sk- uh, are soft skills. Mm. And they were never bloody taken seriously, Prue. Mm. They were never it's like a hobby. taken <laughs> seriously. Mm. And that's, I think, what a lot of the women come to me who I work with now are just... I like that. That they're they're highly sensitive. They're incredibly intuitive. They're beautiful mothers, 
but are really not proud of their parenting at the moment because they're under such stress and they're taking on six backpacks rather than just their own or you know mm-hmm. one of their kids rather than five yep. of their kids and yep. and their husband who's deciding to just be a boy in this moment yes you know like yeah um and they're incredibly capable and intelligent and that's why they are able to go on and have got to this point because mm. they're just capable they just get on with it they're no fuss yeah you know and they yeah they're the ones that i've uh, have such privilege in witnessing their journey it is absolutely incredible they're the ones that are coming to me and saying um i feel like i've completely lost myself mm. and there's a little flicker that's in there somewhere and i literally just help them burn you know mm. start to put logs there's yeah. redwood logs on the fire you know i've started to feel that yeah, yeah. issues of the fire. The fire. The fire, the vitality. Yeah, vitality. Yeah. they're vitality. They're just, you know, and, and so every part of them transforms and sometimes it's within, you know, three months, sometimes it's six, sometimes it's 12, however mm. long, but I'm kind of just one of their, one of their team members. Yeah, and until, and until, you know, like there's, at the initial stages you might see someone often because that's what you need in relationship to guidance and there's a lot of stuff that you're processing but as you move down that path and <clears throat> you start to practice the self-care tools, strategies mm. um, on your own and consistently, as a, as a practitioner watching one of your clients not need you yeah. is one of the most amazing celebrations. Yeah. And they might just come when something comes and knocks them for six you know, a couple of months down the line, which yeah. they didn't see and it's something new for them that they need to be supported through. Yeah. But they've got all the tools that they need to manage day to day life, yeah. um, as opposed to be overwhelmed by day to day life. Absolutely, and that They're that is the gift. That They're is the, the gift. Seat. Yeah, absolutely, it is, and that's our job, isn't it, as practitioners, to actually make sure as as sort of swiftly as and and timely as possible that they, you know, kind of we they they walking the path and we're just a couple of steps behind and then mm. a couple more steps behind and if they just give a whistle we'll yeah. you know we'll come up and walk beside them again and you yeah. know sort some stuff out but yeah it is it's an incredible incredible privilege and and these women are they they they're just like right I'm taking responsibility I'm doing this you mm. know and it's a slow deep journey but wow I I have to say and I was saying this yesterday to um the group of women on the mentorship is just how important uh if you really want change like long lasting change and you're making that declaration to the universe that you're willing to go there <laughs> you need to invest in yourself yeah yep. um you it's a non-negotiable need, it's a non-negotiable if there's any story around the bullshit oh i can't afford it, it or it's too much or deal with that rock on being freaking in your overwhelmed and yeah you know it, it's just it's, it's, it's a non-negotiable and um a, a tip that i will often give my clients is Put it as part of your budget. Yeah. Look at your budget. Look at your expenses. It's it's up there with your food. It's up there with your water. Yeah. It's up there with your housing. It is up there as one of your priority needs. Your basic needs is your mental health. Yep. Your physical health. They're not a, oh, I go and get a massage from time to time. Yeah. Yes, that's a beautiful <clears throat> thing. But is that just another Band-Aid oh, yeah. on what we call life? So Only when you're in the corner rocking. You, you know, know. don't get, let's yeah. not get to that point yeah. where you're completely naked and on the floor yeah. waving the white flag. And yeah, although, in the fetal position. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not, we've all been there. Oh, mate, I tell you. Yeah. You've been there in front oh, of your husband. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's actually start to make it a priority. Like everyone listening for 2019, let's look at our budgets if you don't have this as a habit already, if you don't have this as a routine already and start to allocate monthly expenses and look at what do I need for my next stage of evolution? Go and source the right practitioner, find out how much they cost, find out how much that they would recommend, you know, you coming and budget for it Mm. and non-negotiable. Don't just go, oh, well, I'm buying that dress instead this month. Like that dress is only going to give you a snippet of joy yep. compared to really being able to work on the internal stuff yeah. um, and choosing the practitioner that's that's right for you i think we can often give away our power mm. when we kind of you know source a practitioner who i don't know maybe um works 
on us instead of working through with us. Yeah. You know, it's it's really, really important that you take responsibility and, and you feel empowered with the decision that you've made. You are choosing your team. No one knows how to choose mm. your team better than you do. Yeah. You know, and being really truthful about what you're receiving and um yeah, and really just I make I feel like there's person. always this level of um, you know, after a first session you'll feel the support that's around. So it's not just coming into what a session is at Karina. It's like, you know, you hear it through the communication on their emails. You'll hear it through the communication yeah. if, it's, if it's text. Yeah. Um, through the follow-up, through the check-ins. Yeah. I mean, they're all things yeah. that just are like, they're a no-brainer for me. Yeah. Uh, especially if someone is going for surgery that you've been supporting or they're going to have an egg transplant, mm. whatever they're doing. Mm. And you know those dates, like I have them in my diary. Yep. And they're a, they're a check-in. Yep. How are you going? How are you feeling? Yeah. It's not like, oh, well, you need to be charged for that time. I've got a real good value around my time. So make sure that your, tri- your sessions, for those practitioners, if you're listening, and for those that are going to a practitioner, really honouring those sessions and knowing the value that sits outside of it. Yeah when you're fully supported absolutely absolutely um, and, and that's real... not giving more of yourself that's just like that's an for me that's just that's how i want to operate absolutely and, as and a human. I, you know i think there's you know that you, there's that direct distinction between knowing that you're you're just part of a factory it's like being a little chicken in the factory in you know the come egg factory in, do your you work know, then come in, you've yeah. got your you know your 45 minute session or whatever and then you go out and then the next one like the, you know and it's hardly and, and there's no kind of follow-up text. That's, that's just not how I operate. Yeah. My calls are always um, an hour and a half. And there's always just that, like you say, there's a, an important date or I know they were, they were planning on having an important conversation with yes. their partner or their um, teenage child that day. Check in. That's what a support team does. That's mm. what a cheerleader does. Mm. That's what a coach is all about. Yeah. You know, don't, don't put up with anything that's, that's suboptimal or that yeah. doesn't really light light you up yeah you know well you need to feel supported with this yeah I, and especially if you're going to really feel those moments that you've got no one else to go to because oh, i tell you what absolutely. when you start to get shedded when you start to get shedded yes. it's the new shed of 2019 the, off. the 21 yeah. day shed no the 2019 shed is you are going to feel raw mm. and you're going to feel like those around you won't understand yeah. And I'm going to guarantee you this, if you're really on the journey, if you're really on the shedding, yep. you're going to feel like no one else gets you. Yep. And the only person that will get you are those that are supporting you yep. because they're just that further ahead mm-hmm. that they've been there, they get it, yep. and they'll speak your language. They'll speak your language. I will. And that for me is just a real gift in, in that support. And, and that's how you differentiate between the authentic practitioner yeah and the one that's really just an, it's a numbers game yeah and you know i'm not poo-pooing that i just yep. think that they're like in life in anything there's duality matches, there's yep. duality and yep. some people like the in and out yeah do that for what the work that we're talking about here it's deeper than that and yep. it requires <clears throat> a lot more holding it requires a lot more support and it does require you investing in yourself yeah um, not just coming twice a year and coming back to the family nest, I think that that's what, um, that's what I provide. You, mm. you hop into my nest and I provide the strength that a nest provides as well as the softness, mm. you know, and, and couple like with, with that and, and you taking responsibility, um, you know, magic happens. And then you go out and create that for yourself mm. and your family. Yeah, 100%. Mm. So this has been amazing. Thank you for being so just sharing yourself with us all you're most welcome and dave thank you for sharing yourself with us all if you're listening (laughs) karina's beautiful husband um where can people connect with you if they want to maybe have a session with you or just learn a little bit more about your journey yeah so um my website is www.familynest.com.au and um yeah just jump on and have a little cruise around there um i run the eight-week program the family communication program or i do one-to-one sessions which is where we really get into the um you know the deeper healing side of things 
Um, so yeah, just email um, Karina at familynest.com.au or give me a ring. We can have a chat. And I think that's really important too, isn't it? To, to really get a feel for someone. So get the don't fit. be frightened to, to call and just have, just have a chat. I'm pretty easy going. I'm cheap. Mm. I'm not scary. Mm. You know, and then you we're get not, to we're not all We're not me. all running the story that we're too busy. Yeah. 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 Like choose... You get to choose me. I'm yeah. you're interviewing me. It's a co- um, yeah. It's a it's it's a, a co relationship yeah. here. Yeah. So before we complete, I'm just going to do a quick firing questions. Yes. Um, just to share whatever comes through for you. Yeah. So close down the eyes, mm-hmm. and we'll get going. So, if there's three words that could sum up 2018, what are they? Healing. Sorted shit out. <laughs> That's three words on science. <laughs> and um, contentment. And what are you calling in for 2019 in three words? Abundance. Travel. And collaboration. And what's one book that has really resonated for you over the past three years on your journey? I know there's many, but just one. Wow. Priority. Um, the one that really was maybe like the, oh, like landed. Yeah. Um, gosh, there's a few. Um, what's coming up for me is The Soul of Money um, by Lynn Twist. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, she speaks about the energy behind um, money and what we put our money into. So you're speaking about the personal, um, uh, you know, investing in ourselves. That's got energy behind it. Mm. Where we get our money from has got an energy behind it. How mm. we choose to spend our money has got an energy behind it. You know, mm. there's, yeah, that kind of distinction was incredible. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Mm. So just repeat the name for people. Uh, the Soul of Money. The Soul of Money. By Lynn Twist. By Lynn Twist. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, what is the greatest lesson that your life to this date has taught you? Never dim your light. And everyone's got a message and a purpose. Would that be your message and purpose? Yes. Including at a little bit more depth the family relationships are everything Mm. so when we heal and we shine our light and we stoke our own fire we can't help but have an incredible impact on the people around us and our relationships are everything our relationships matter Mm. so investing in those even though it might be frightening it might be a bit scary there might be a bit of you know yuckiness around around it. it it is it is for the betterment of you, those closest to you, and, and the world. Mm. You know, that's how you then model to your children and they then model to their children and so on and so forth. You know, there's, you can either create and cause damage or you can be the nutrition. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. So if there was one word when you drop into your heart... What's that one word? Just love. Mm-hmm. Well, it's been a pleasure as always. As always. As always. <laughs> and thank you so much for listening. Who knows? Maybe another three months until the next podcast comes yeah. out. But tell you what. They're always juicy. They're always juicy. There's <laughs> always a gem in it. And you are one bright, shiny gem to us, Karina. So thank you for joining us. And for those of you that want to connect with me a little bit deeper, you can at info at zencollective.com.au. And as always, until next time, keep it real. Bye now. Thanks for listening to Zen Collective's Soulful Pep Talks at zencollective.com.au. Until next time, be kind and keep it real 